Hi guys, what's up? How's it going? Welcome to Simondo Talks. My name is Christina and I'm here to introduce you to some of the smartest experts in the Amazon sphere. If you've already subscribed to our channel, good job, you get a thumbs up from me. If you're new to our channel and you'd like to get some industry insights, hear some interesting stories about entrepreneurship and learn some useful hacks that you can apply to your own Amazon business, make sure you subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so you will never miss another episode again. My guest for you today is Sasha Gorelik, founder of Sasha Gorelik Copywriting. Let's say hi to her and ask her a few questions. So guys, I'm here today with Sasha Gorelik. She's the founder of Sasha Gorelik Copywriting. She lives near Jerusalem and takes the time to answer some of my questions today. Hi, Sasha. Glad to have you here. Hi. Nice to be here. Thanks for talking to me. <laughs> it's my pleasure. In uh, like one sentence, what is Sasha Gorelik Copywriting? Um, well, I provide services that help Amazon sellers increase sales. That is always the goal. Um, and among those services are Amazon listings and obviously the EBC text as well. Um, yeah. And I also help people with website content. And I saw you speak in Tel Aviv about branding. So this is also another passion yeah, of this yours. Is something that I do because as a copywriter, obviously it's very hard to work sometimes with clients who don't have a direction. Uh, for their business. So that's why I decided to start offering that also as a service to really help sellers get clear on their offerings and get clear on their brand and their target audience and things like that. Great. And uh, for long, how long have you been doing all this? So I got into copywriting about four, something four years ago now. And specifically like in working in Amazon has been like the last kind of three years. Um, And that's where I just kind of stuck. That, that was my niche and I decided I'm going to stick with that. Um, but it has kind of branched out to also just e-commerce in general. So, yeah. Um, why did you decide to work with Amazon sellers? Did you ever sell on Amazon yourself or how was the idea born? Um, so that's a really interesting question. Um, <laughs> it kind of goes back a few years. Uh, I started a website in Israel for Israeli artists and I was helping them selling their products online um, and I kind of got into that. My website didn't really succeed in terms of monetary um, <laughs> profits but I learned a lot and that's when I kind of got into the whole freelance writing and specifically writing about products because it was something I, I found that I enjoyed and I was also good at. Um, and so I was actually hired by a company who had like seven or eight different brands on Amazon and they taught me how to do listings and they trained me and everything like that. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is fun. Like, this is interesting. So then after working for them for about a year and a half, I kind of said like, you know, thank you so much for the experience. But I'm, I, so I, that's when I started doing it on my own. Um, and that's just how it's been since then. Yeah. All right. And um, a lot of Amazon sellers, they like to spend their money on, I don't know, product development or PPC campaigns. And a lot of sellers don't really see the need in creating optimized listings. So when you invest in a copywriter or a listing optimization software, how would you say, what's the benefit of that? How do you help sellers make more money by creating a good listing? 
Right. So, I mean, I think what it used to be a few years ago is that it didn't really make so much of a difference how, how good your listing was in terms of the copy. But now it's 2019, almost 2020. And like Amazon is a very saturated marketplace. And one of the ways that you're going to make your listing stand out is with really, really good copy and having a really good listing and obviously putting in all those keywords. Now, I have people who come to me a few months after they launch, they're like, my listing, my, it's not converting, my sales are not good, can you help me? So sometimes I say yes, and sometimes I'll say no, because what happens with Amazon is that it's really risky to change your listing once it's been up already for a few months, um, because then you're basically starting from scratch. So if you've done giveaways or got reviews or are ranking for certain keywords, once you've changed everything, you're basically like wiping out any sort of um, momentum that you had. So even though your sales might not be so good, like they sometimes they can get better after I improve your listing, which has been the case, but in some cases it's actually negatively impacted the listing. So I always say that when you're gonna launch a new product, do it right the first time, make sure the listing is fully optimized, have really good copy that's very persuasive and gives everyone all the details that they need so that you don't have to go back afterwards and be like, oh no, why is my product not selling? So. All right. And um, there are some freelancers and some agencies by now that uh, offer listing optimization services, copywriting. Why should I choose you over competitors? So that's a great question. Obviously, like I have a lot of competition out there. There are thousands of freelancers on Upwork and Fiverr and, and agencies that do this. So I think the number one thing is that like, I have a small team, so it's me and I'm like the chief copywriter and I have three other freelancers that I work with and I've handpicked them and I have a specific method that I use for the listings and I also provide a very personalized service. So I really take the time to understand not just the product, but also like the person who's selling it. Like, you know, how come you chose this niche? Like, what's your brand about? And really ask them very important questions I think can really help differentiate their listings. Um, and also I just think that I'm a really good writer, if I can say that. So, of course. Um, and I produce like very, very good content and it also comes down to doing a lot of research. Um, and I think that maybe a lot of copywriters don't understand that you want to really connect with the target market and with the customers. You have to research who they are, why they need this product and how the products even work. So I've written about stuff in the medical field. I've written about stuff that's to do with fashion. I've written about stuff that's electronics. And so I, I always have to read manuals and just do a lot of research before I even start writing. So that's very important as well. All right. And uh, how does the process of uh, working with you look like? For example, I have a product, let's say it's my favorite example, uh, like uh, makeup brushes okay. uh, from makeup blush brushes. and whatever. Um, so I say like, okay, I want to sell this on, uh, I don't know, Amazon UK or Amazon.com. Do I just send the product to you? Do I send you pictures? Do we have a phone call where I explain everything to you? Right. Like from step one, how, how do we work together? So, so step one, you can, you can come to my website and there's a contact form and you fill out that contact form and it will actually send you an automatic reply with the different packages that I offer. And if you need a custom package, so obviously I reply with what I can offer you if you need something that's custom. Um, and most people don't send me the product unless they really want me to try it out. So one time I had a guy that was selling a, um, like a back brace kind of thing. So he really wanted me to, he wanted me to use it, like I'm wearing it and like really feel how it was. Um, so that was fun. But in general, the pictures are enough. 
And then what happens with my process is that I have a form and um, people fill it out and I ask them, you know, is this ASIN already live on Amazon? Like who are your main competitors? What's your USP? Um, who's your target audience? Like important measurements or materials that this product is made of. Do you have any social media channels that you want to show me? So all those kind of things you fill out. And then once I have all the information, um, then I get started on the listing and I send it to you in a Word document or a Google doc, whatever preferred. And then the client um, will upload it themselves and set a central. So that's basically okay. my process. Yeah. Um, and who are your clients? Are you working with clients from all over the world? Uh, big brands, small sellers? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy how varied my clients are. Like I have a, a few big companies that I work with that are based And one of them is based in Australia, another one, like a, a bunch of clients are from New York. Some people are from Europe. I do some, I've worked with people from China, from the UK as well, because I'm originally from the UK. So oh. I, I call myself, I'm by, well, I'm actually trilingual, but I can do the UK English, US English, and I speak Hebrew, but yeah. So definitely very varied. All right. And um, you're in a creative job and working with, Creative people, doesn't matter if it's copywriting or product photographers, it's always um, hard to communicate what the client wants, right? So what do you expect from your clients? Should they give you like a mood board with their, with their product features or just give you so, something? So what do you expect? So, I mean, in general, like they give me pretty good amount of information like in the, uh, in the form. If they have photos, it's obviously like really, really helpful. Um, I had one guy that sent me a whole bunch of photos just so I could get like the vibe of what he wanted in the listing. Um, but I do also ask clients like what, what kind of voice do they want? Do they want the copy to be funny or do they want it to be more sophisticated or like do they want it to be more dumbed down because maybe the audience is not so educated or something like that. So um, that's definitely one of the questions that I ask. Um, yeah, like so... That's, that's basically what I get from the client. And um, it's like totally natural that sometimes the first draft or whatever is not, uh, is not what the client wants. So how, you, how do you deal with a client that says he's not happy with the copy he received? So, I mean, in general, um, people are usually very happy with the work that I produce. Obviously, it's not always perfect the first time. So if they have comments, so I always like, it's always like a standard thing. Whenever I send them the listing, I'm like, here is the listing. Please send me your feedback and your comments. And then I, I will provide up to three revisions usually for listings. Um, and also for EBC content, if anyone needs revisions for that. And um, yeah, so I'm always very happy to hear feedback from the client. And, and I like to kind of work um, as a team with them because obviously they know the product better than I do because it's their product and it's their baby that they've spent months and months on, you know, producing and maybe even going to the factories in China. And so I understand when maybe I don't get something completely right and they want it to be phrased differently. So definitely I'm always happy to make changes if, if needed. So. Okay. Very good. And um, how do you stay up to date with all the changes in the, in the toss or loss, whatever, whatever comes into play uh, regarding to so, work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, happens to be some of my clients will update me themselves. They'll be like, oh, we just got this update. And they'll like send me like tips that they see in Set Essential because a lot of times like they get notifications of changes and stuff like that. Um, I also just 
follow like a lot of people in the industry. So I see when important videos comes up about changes with algorithm or anything else. Like recently EDC was changed where they don't have the set templates anymore and you can upload basically whatever kind of template you want. So you get to choose the layout. Um, that actually is a little bit more confusing for some sellers now. Um, so yeah, so I, I say I like to, I stay up to date with all the changes as much as I can. All right, then um, I will ask you some questions about you and your personal life. And I will okay. start with, why did you decide to become self-employed and not work for some agency? Okay, so I know I look really old, but I actually, I'm joking. Nope. I, I am look really young and I have, <laughs> I have um, three children, age seven. I can't believe I have a seven-year-old. I have a seven-year-old and I have a four-year-old and I have a two-year-old. Um, and I really wanted to have a job that was flexible in terms of hours and that I would be able to be there for them when they came home from school and stuff like that. Um, and I also, I just don't think I'm very good at being employed in an office. Like I, I, I don't know, it would be like, I'm a very creative person. So I enjoy the fact that I get to make the decisions and be my own boss, um, which is fun. Um, but yeah, but one of the main reasons was definitely that I could be there for my kids. So. And besides the advantages and benefits it has to be self-employed, what are the biggest challenges that you face during your time of being self-employed? So, I mean, the biggest challenge is like, um, I would say the, the fact that you don't necessarily have people around you, like that camaraderie that you would have in an office. Um, but at the same time, I know people that hate their coworkers and you have to go every <laughs> day and hate your coworkers. So, you know, it's like, you, you could like win or lose either way. Um, so I do like make sure that I go out with friends and you know, happens to be my husband's on and working from home as well. So that means I get to talk to another adult during the day, which is fun. Um, yeah, so great. that's one of the downsides of, of working from home um, as a self-employed person. I think the second thing that some people find difficult is the procrastination meaning you don't have a boss who's like telling you what to do, but happens to be, I'm a very self-motivated, disciplined, like self-disciplined person. Um, so I do like set myself deadlines and tasks and when, I, when stuff I need to, when I, when I need to get it done by and everything like that. So. You seem to be very content and uh, happy when you talk about your work, even when you talk about, uh, about the challenges. So I assume you're glad that you chose that path of being self-employed, right? Yeah, I'm very happy. Also, in terms of the income, like you can grow your income as much as you want. When you have a job, you kind of have a set salary unless you're working based on commissions or something. But um, like, that's it, you know. So I always love the challenge of the fact that like I made X amount this month, like maybe I can make double that, you know, the next six months or something like that. Yeah. And uh, what excites you most about working in the whole e-commerce uh, e sphere, like the Amazon industry? What what is really, um, what are some of the factors that really say, okay, this excites me to work here? Right, um, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the main things is really the variety of people and products that I, I get to like work with and see. Um, and that's always interesting because some people are like super friendly and nice to me when we like send emails or have phone calls and stuff like that. And some people are like, here's the work, thank you, goodbye. And like, there's no kind of like human interaction. And I'm like, I'm not a robot, like, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I'm exhausted and maybe I'm not feeling well today. So anyway, um, so that's always interesting, the different people. But I also just really enjoy um, seeing the different types of products. And I've probably written like over four or 500 listings in all my years of doing like Amazon stuff, like just hundreds of listings. And um, I rarely have seen the same like two products. I'll also, I'll turn down a seller if I have ever done, but rarely have I been contacted by a seller that has the same product as somebody else. So I have to say like, I kudos to like the people that are doing their product research because they're not necessarily picking the same thing that like everybody else has in the marketplace. So it's always interesting to see what new things people are coming up with as well. Speaking of uh, experience, now that you have written hundreds of listings and uh, worked with hundreds of clients, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest mistakes that Amazon sellers make in terms of their branding or listings or anything? Right. Um, the biggest mistakes. Okay, it's a great question. Um, one of the biggest mistakes. Well, like sometimes people... Um, don't necessarily have the budget to pay, let's say, me my full price. And I have a package where I offer to just do the copywriting without the keyword research. Um, and some people really do know how to do that themselves. And some people don't. And then I'm just like, it's a shame because I've done really good copy for you. But if the keyword research is not there, then your listing is not going to show up. So that's like, you know, it's good to really, I guess, pay like for someone to do work properly. Um, the second thing I think is that um, people rely on Amazon for traffic and they don't necessarily think of ways they can drive traffic to their listing by themselves by either doing promotions through social media or setting up their own website and their own email lists or using uh, messenger. And I understand why, because obviously it's, it's difficult to really navigate so many different things. And a lot of, let's say Amazon sellers who are new, they're working by themselves. They don't necessarily have a team that they can rely on to be in charge of the marketing. So they're like, doing absolutely everything in their business. So, um, but I think that one of the main things that Amazon sellers should be doing is really thinking about the big picture and how they can build themselves as a brand and drive their own traffic to their listings. Um, and that way they're much more in control as opposed to just relying on Amazon and just constantly paying tons and tons of money for PPC just to compete with everybody else. Um, yeah, on the search results. All right. And uh, one of the biggest words lately buzzwords is branding buzzwords. so <laughs> branding yeah, yeah. so um i want to talk a little bit about that in your opinion what makes a good strong brand right um so in my opinion what makes a really good strong brand is a brand that really has a strong message and sort of values behind what they're doing so just as an example one of my favorite brands that I found on Amazon, they're actually like, they, they have a lot of different yoga type of products, but their branding is so like spot on and they stand out from everybody else in the industry. And it's not just about the images, like it's not just about the color, whatever, the colors and the images you use are a huge part of it. But what it comes down to is the planning that they probably did beforehand. Um, and their whole vibe is like just so relaxing and so like soothing and you just kind of want to buy their products. So like, oh, this brand looks amazing. Like, And everything is so cohesive as well. So they've obviously spent a lot of time on the textures that they use in their images and, and the colors and everything is just like you go on their website, you go on their social media channels, you go on their listings and you instantly recognize who they are as a brand because you remember those colors and you remember the patterns that they're using. 
Um, and you remember the fonts also, they have this very clear kind of font. Um, and I don't think people spend enough time in that planning stage of your brand. Like they think they could just throw it up and then figure it out as they go along. Um, but it's so important to have a strong brand message and have a strong brand story and values before you start. And that way you're really going to cut through a lot of the noise. I think that's out there. So consistency is basically one of the biggest, uh, biggest characteristics of a strong brand. Yeah, definitely consistency and also having a personality that stands out. Like I think people are afraid maybe to take risks and be a little bit more creative um, and I understand that as well because you don't want to be like too different and too crazy in the marketplace, especially on Amazon, because yeah. then people will be like a little bit, you know, I don't know who this company is. They seem like a bit weird, whatever, but it is fun. Like sometimes when you have something cute and that's different, like another example I came across recently was someone was selling, um, something in sports and like there was, I don't know, whatever, let's just pretend it was like those cones that you use for like soccer training, football, mm -hmm. um, And everyone's listings basically look the same, but this guy had like little stick figure cartoons on his EBC and it was just so cute. And it made his brand really stand out because it was more cute. It was geared towards sort of children and um, it made you feel something as well. So if you, if you can do that as a brand, make people feel something, you're going to be that much more memorable as well. All right. So um, we talked now about the personality of a brand. When we talk about your personality and your character traits, What is the skill or characteristic that you wish you had, but you don't have? I wish I had. Uh, okay. Well, sometimes I wish that, um, <laughs> that maybe I was like a little more serious. I'm like, I'm always <laughs> smiling and I'm a very happy person. And I'm like, um, and I have kind of like, I don't know, young, I like to have a lot of fun, very active. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I should be more serious. Like I should be more like, adult you know um but, but i think it's refreshing know, so yeah yeah exactly i think you shouldn't change too much who you are this is true yeah and if you could have a superpower like flying tra uh, what what is the word teletransportation whatever uh, yes which kind of superpower would you like to have if you superpower. could have what what superpower would you have i would really like to have the ability to teletransport just everywhere, go anywhere. yeah like i wish uh, i wish i'd be in china right now like meeting a lot of people from the industry and then just go like this visit my friend in holland or whatever just go around with no boundaries and uh, without the jet lag right without the <laughs> jet lag it's good for the environment so yeah this would be my this would be my choice i think your superpower um i think my superpower would be to have like endless energy that would be cool so but be, you like, seem like a very energetic person i, I am but this is the morning <laughs> when it's the <laughs> evening i'm like a little bit more mellow <laughs> so after like i put my kids to bed and stuff um but yeah like that would be cool because then you would just be able to keep going and would you, you describe would you describe yourself as a morning person I used to be like a very morning person um, and then I had children and then my sleep schedule got a little bit messed up. <laughs> so <laughs> I became less of a morning person, but I'm still good. Like when well, I get up, I have my coffee, sometimes I do some yoga and uh, get started. Yeah. Awesome. You have three kids, right? Um, yeah. How do you manage your work-life balance? Like, uh, 
taking the time to spend with your kids and also being a super entrepreneur. How do you find the balance between those two worlds? Yeah. So what I try and do is get the bulk of the work done during the day while they're at um, nursery, kindergarten or school, whatever. Um, and then when they come home, I try and spend that time with them, focus on them. You know, we go to the park, whatever, make dinner, bath, bedtime, you know, that whole schedule. And then sometimes in the evening, like I'll answer emails and do a little bit more work if I didn't get everything done during the day. So that's basically the balance. I mean, obviously, like there are days where kids are sick and they have to stay home. And but I've, I, what I've tried to do is like organize my business now that I have other people on my team that, I, that can help me if it's a very busy like season like recently we just had a whole bunch of Jewish holidays and my kids were off school for like basically two weeks um so I had people that were there to help me finish the projects and it worked out very well because I wasn't stressed out and I was able to take my kids on outings obviously my husband is extremely supportive and it's a huge help that he also works from home because then he's around as well to help take the kids to school and pick them up and yeah so that's good. great um, I can imagine that uh, your kids are one of the main motivations to keep going and that they inspire you to be a great entrepreneur. Um, who or what else does inspire you? Um, so I would definitely, one of my main inspirations, I think, in my life is my dad, actually, um, because he's always been like an entrepreneur and he started like a lot of different businesses over the years. Um, when he was like in his 20s, he was like, I don't know, he was in the newspaper, like for being like the most successful, like, guy out of university. So, um, so yeah, so I've definitely grown up with that, like, entrepreneurial mindset. Happens to be my mom also is like a self starter. She's also self employed. So I think it's in my blood. It's in my genes. So yeah. Uh, do you also have any famous people like famous entrepreneurs, Gary Vaynerchuk? Elon Musk, whatever. I mean, there are hundreds yeah, of them. So, like, some, like some popular, famous people that inspire you? Yeah, definitely Sarah Blakely from Spanx. She's yeah. one of like, I, I just love watching interviews with her and seeing what she posts. I follow her on LinkedIn. Um, she's really super inspirational and she's so down to earth as well, which is one of the main things is like, sometimes people think that, you know, super wealthy or super successful people become like, snobs or just you know they're hard to connect with but like she just seems like really cool and really down to earth even though she's like a billionaire so she's one of my main people that I look up to and who else um Marie Folio also I used to watch some of her videos and she's just got that super happy um kind of attitude as well around business um and I like that I like like having that more feminine kind of vibe in my business. I don't think that you always need to be channeling the male energy. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, you can still be successful, you know, being like who you are and everything like that. Would you like to work with them or only use them as source of inspiration? If like, I could work with one of them, that would be like a dream come true. That would be like, I would, I would like fall on the floor. Like it would be crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll send out some vibes. Like maybe they'll like, <laughs> they'll, they'll hear that I, uh, I want to work with them. That would be so cool. Yeah. All right. And speaking of uh, famous people, 
if you had the chance to go to speak to Jeff Bezos and ask him for one favor or one thing, what do you think you would ask him? You know what? That's a great question. And I think, you know what, one of the things I think I would ask him would be to improve conditions for people that actually work in Amazon, like warehouses. Because I've seen so many articles about how, I don't know, it just seems that they have terrible working conditions. They don't even get paid a lot. Like, and I'm like, it's so sad. Like, you know, so I would be like, you should take care of your people. Like you should take care of your employees because they're the ones who are helping you build this massive empire. So that's one thing I would ask from him. Yeah. That's <laughs> very nice and very selfless. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I think there's a lot that Amazon sellers would also ask for because there's yeah. definitely a lot of issues there as well with fees and just crazy things like suspensions that come up. So um, those are definitely a huge factor for Amazon sellers as well. So he should definitely do something about that and all the crazy hijackers and illegal things that sellers get up to as well. So they should keep on top of that as well. All right, then I'm uh, already at my last question. Um, if you had the attention of every Amazon seller in the world and you could give them three tips, which ones would that be? Okay. I think the first tip is something that I've learned over the years of me running my business and that's patience. Um, and patience is something I'm not very good at and it's something <laughs> I've had to really work on. Um, because, you know, you have these dreams and ideas and you want them to just like happen overnight. And really, if you don't take the steps um, to build things up slowly and build like a strong foundation for your business, you probably won't succeed or you might succeed for a short time, but you're not going to succeed in the long term. So definitely having the patience to build things up properly is, is the key for any business. So that's my first tip um, from my four short years of being self-employed. Um, the second thing, let's think. Yeah, here's a tip for, this is for actually for EBC. Is that okay if it's very yeah, specific? Sure. It's not like, okay. So the second tip is I think, um, I see a lot of sellers struggling uh, with EBC because sometimes what they'll do is they'll hire a graphic designer to kind of put together the EBC for them. But what they really need to do is have someone who would be like the art director, so to speak, and really plan out the page with either sketches or just even in words to say what each module is going to be focused on. Um, because really the EBC layout should, should be more of like some, sort of a story or even could be advertising if you have other products. So you really need to plan out what it's going to be and what message you want to get across. So um, a lot of times that is something that I help sellers with, which is coming up with a template of um, what kind of images they want, what they want the images to show. Obviously, I'm not a graphic designer, but I'm the one that's putting, like I put copy on the images and stuff like that. So having someone that can plan that out for you before you jump in to hiring a graphic designer or hiring a photographer is one of the most important things. Because again, it's building the foundation of something that's, you know, going to help you sell more. So that's uh, tip number two. So, and tip number three is after working with Amazon sellers for already a few years, I can see that the most successful people in the industry are not just people who consider themselves Amazon sellers, but they consider themselves e-commerce business owners. And what that means is that they don't just focus on Amazon as their only channel. They also focus on having their own website, 
or even just having a landing page where they can drive traffic to their listing, setting up good social media profiles on Facebook and Instagram, and even YouTube. YouTube is amazing, especially if you have a website and you have like videos that are linked to it, you're gonna rank higher on Google. Um, and Pinterest is a huge source of traffic that I think many, many people don't even take advantage of. And you know, there's, there's such a thing as viable pins nowadays as well. Um, and I think that's going to be a huge game changer in the e-commerce industry. So definitely having a bigger picture in your head versus just focusing on Amazon as the only source of income is going to be a huge advantage for anyone that's getting into e-commerce or is already in e-commerce. Um, yeah, so thinking big. All right. These are some great tips. Thank you for sharing. I hope our listeners and viewers took some notes. And then we're already at the end of the interview. Thanks so much, Sasha. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Alrighty, that was my interview with Sasha. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions for her or for me, simply leave your comment below this video. I also put some useful links in the description where you can find out more about Sasha's copywriting services and sermondo.com. And now I want to know from you guys, did you ever work with a professional copywriter before? If yes, how was it? If no, why did you decide to write your own copy? Please let me know and drop your comment below. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, you can do this now by either clicking the red subscribe button or clicking the Samondo globe somewhere here. And yeah, I see you guys next time.